0: Good morning. Bless you all today. It's so wonderful to be able to worship with you. Um, <clears throat> I just want to give my support also to um, the uh, blessing tree, which we have out in the West Lobby today. That is our effort to bless our people in our locale. And even, uh, I understand, 50% of the requests that came in for help in blessing children, actually came were part of our our campus. Um, so it's not only that we do reach to I know the elementary school that we uh, that we support a, a public school, David E Smith, just down the road from us a bit. And so uh, last I heard, as of last night, there were 31 children still yet to be adopted for Christmas and then some of the ones that are came came only partially filled. So we still need your help with all that. I know it's a lot of asks today, but uh, we know the Lord can uh, provide and as he so leads you and gives direction to you. So I wanna say Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Well, that was warm and wonderful. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Okay, thank you. Sometimes I have to kind of prime the pump and get you to wake up and talk to me. Um, But Becky and I truly pray that you have a blessed week in whatever way that you will be celebrating Thanksgiving. I want to talk to you today about worship. Talk to you about Thanksgiving being an expression of worship. Uh, I'm sure that most of us here today operate with some sort of a calendar uh it's very necessary for us to do that a personal calendar business calendar whatever it takes for you to keep track of all the stuff you've got going on otherwise we would forget the appointments we make etc etc i actually have uh quite a system set up to help me remember all the things that i'm supposed to remember and you know what even with my wonderful system i can still easily forget how many forgetters do we have out in the house today am i the only one i use uh, apple devices um, and so I actually have an iPhone. I have a, both a large and a small iPad for various functions. I have a computer at my church office. I have another one at home. And on these devices is this thing called Reminder. Some of you have the same. And you can, uh, you can program all of your reminders a certain way. And I have mine all set up with categories and colors. You'd, you'd really be impressed with it if you saw it. It's, it's amazing. And because it operates in the cloud, anything that I notate on one device transfers to all my devices and the sad part is I can still forget with all that and so who can tell me what these are yeah you know what this is Becky and I use these uh, around the house in various ways, and, I, and with all the other stuff I've already told you about, I still use these if I want to be sure something is going to be right in my face that I can't possibly miss it, and, and even with all the electronic helps, I still, <clears throat> I still use these, and just to have the, re, the reminder there, because I don't know about you, but I need it, and let me give you a word of encouragement. The older you get, the more you need them. Can I get a witness to that today? Okay some of you will remember back in uh, 2011 one of the very first sermons that i preached from this pulpit as your pastor i told you about a little song that i sing every time i'm walking out of any place does anybody remember that at all okay three of you great i see that it's what i sing when i'm leaving the house when i'm walking out of a place of business uh, when I'm leaving the church, leaving a restaurant, wherever I am, see, I have, this, I have this male memory issue, and I have to have something in place. I have to have deliberate, intentional reminders. And the tune, it's, it's to the tune of London Bridge is Falling Down. It's, it's just a stunning piece of music. You would be very wild by it. But I changed the lyrics. It's that tune. I changed the lyrics to Wallet, Glasses, Keys, and Phone. Why? Because that's what I need to be sure that I have it left behind wherever I'm just leaving, wherever I place I'm just vacating. That I have it; those four things with me, you know, when I walk out. If I don't have that, I'm a mess. I can mess up everything. Uh, the, the only sad part of all that is, I remember uh, I got a lot of response to that when I when I put that in a sermon, and here's the way that actually happened, uh, it was just something that hit me at the moment, it wasn't in my notes, it wasn't planned, it really wasn't even to, as, to, as I recall, a part of the this, this sermon that much, it just hit me at that moment, and I gave it, and that's the only thing you remembered from that whole sermon. I was so, it hurt my feelings so bad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive you for it, but um, it was just a little, a little ditty that I, I put together, uh, <clears throat> and many of you actually wrote me about that. I, what I, who I heard from the most was wives saying, "I've taught that song to my husband. My husband needs to know that song because he forgets everything." And I, I hope that worked for you. Well, here's what I've discovered later. I don't know that I knew this at the time, but if if, you're, if I'm ever going to remember anything, and it's not only true for me but for others, I need to put it In, in I need to put it to music. I got to put it in some sort of a song form. And actually, I have learned since I first said that to you back in 2011 that there have been significant studies with this whole idea that if you sing something, you'll remember it a lot better. Just think of uh, how many times a song, have you ever had a song get stuck in your head? Oh, it's just, it's so annoying and you just can't get rid of it. It's a small world after all right? How many of you been there and heard that? Okay, and it took you days to get rid of that song in your head. That's, you know, it was annoying. Or, come and listen to my story about a man named... Okay, some of you are going, what is that? The younger people are. You know what? There's actually a word for that, this very little thing that we deal with. And it's kind of a disgusting word, it's kind of gross, but you can check it out. Um, Don't do it now, please. But when when that happens to you, it's called earworms. Yeah, ooh, earworms. And it simply means a song that got stuck in your head. And there's actually some science behind it. That it's what's happening is that you are connecting both sides of your brain, allowing you then to remember something better. You have um, you have the thing which you're actually trying to remember in your memory wallet, glass keys, glasses, keys, and phone. And then you have this creative, artistic side, which is theoretically the right side of your brain. And when you connect the two together, science says it actually does help you remember. My guess is that many of you, particularly if you grew up in church like I did, there are Thou- uh, there are dozens if not hundreds of hymn lyrics that I could sing to you the first line and you would know the next line. It's because you put it to music. That's what's happened. And I say all that to tell you that this is one of the reasons why I love the Psalms or the book of Psalms so much. It's, it's a book of songs. It's really a book of music and it's the hymnal of the Bible which tells us it is intended to help us Remember. And the book of Psalms, as we know, is the ancient hymn book of the nation of Israel that they, as they wanted to remember who God is, and wanted to remember the attributes of God. And so, in this week of Thanksgiving that we're approaching, I'm ready to tell you this morning that this remembering thing is really an act of worship because Thanksgiving is an act of worship. Can you say that with me? I'll give you one more shot. Thank you. You ought to know better than that by now. Come on. But, oh, okay, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> just trying to keep the knob turned up. <clears throat> but even as Pastor Print has been reminding us in recent weeks, he's been saying it as he leads us in worship the last couple of Sundays, worship is so much more than just the songs that we sing. Uh, I even get a little nervous from time to time when people relegate worship to just songs. It's not just a song. It's so much more than just a song. Yeah, the songs are a great help. They're a great vehicle, but worship is so much more than that. In fact, it's even more than, than than the gatherings that we have. As much as I value and we value the gathering of the people of God and how important that is and, and how we, we learn from each other, we're encouraged by each other, we're prodded in the faith, and provoked in the faith, use a biblical term, uh, uh, by by gathering together. Worship is even more than just the gatherings that we have. That We often say at, uh, at offerings, time. We, you've heard it often here that giving is an act of worship. And it is. But worship is even so much more than that. And here's the way I would like to frame it for you today. That worship is the way of life to which God has called us. I'm going to give you another shot to say that. Thank you. And the book, do you believe that by the way? Yeah. And the book of Psalms is a book that is designed to lead us in worship. It is a worship leader to us. So if you have your Bibles today, and I hope you do, whether it's an electronic version or as we sometimes say, a brick and mortar Bible, uh, please turn to that very familiar and beloved Psalm 103, Psalm 103. And I'm gonna stroll through, through most of this Psalm today. I'm gonna to catch most of the verses. And I, so I want you to see it today as a call to worship, I'm trying to frame it possibly in a new context for us. So when we open the book to Psalm 103, we see that this Psalm begins with David talking to himself. Is anybody here ever talk to yourself? You just don't want to admit it, do you? Yeah, talk to yourself. I, I have a friend who used to say, yes, I talk to myself. I like to talk to an intelligent person. I like to hear an intelligent person talk. That's why I talk to myself. Well, in Psalm 103, we see David begin this psalm, and what he's doing essentially is he's talking or speaking to his own soul. He's having a conversation with his soul where he says this, "'Bless the Lord, O my soul, "'and all that is within me, bless his holy name. "'Bless the Lord, O my soul.'" And read that last line for me. And David's having a conversation with his soul. And I'm asking us today to look at the worship components of this Psalm. One of the simplest ways to define worship is this. Worship is taking our delight in who God is and who we are in response to that. Worship is taking delight in who God is and who we are in response to this. And if we've learned anything over the years here at Bethesda, we've had incredible teaching throughout the years on worship. If we've learned anything about worship, it is this. It requires you and I to be intentional about being worshipers of God. Worship doesn't happen by mistake. It doesn't happen by accident. You just don't stumble into it, at least uh, most of the time that's the case. Worship, it is on purpose. Worship requires you and I to make a deliberate, intentional decision to choose to praise the Lord. And another psalmist says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. And that means... We walk in here, and I'm sure every Sunday, every one of you have driven to 4,700 North Beach, and you've come hopping out of your car, and you feel great, and there's been nothing but pleasantries in the car all the way to church, and the kids have been well-behaved, and nothing untoward has happened at all, and you just bounce in the sanctuary with nothing on your mind, and you're ready to praise God. How many say, yeah, that's me, Pastor Dan? (laughs) Oh, really? I'm so disappointed in you. You mean that's not the way it is? No. And let me tell you, it's not that way for your pastor. Wasn't that way for me when I was your minister of music for 33 years. It's not that way. You walk in here carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. You walk in here with all kinds of stuff on your mind and and on your heart but you have to make an intentional choice. Today I will choose to make God the most precious thing in my life and I'm going to acknowledge it as I've come to the house of the Lord to worship him with the body of God's people. And the people said amen. Amen. I think we can imagine David being in this same spot that you and I are in. Our lives are busy and full. Our minds are busy and full. And he says, I need to make this choice to worship. And so what did he do? He did this. He wrote a bunch of, hmm, I think he wrote a bunch of post-it notes. That's what we see in Psalm 103. And even better, he put it into a song, put a little jingle to it. He writes a poem to remind his own soul to give praise to the name of the Lord, to bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord. You know, it's wonderful to read that, and, and we get so inspired by it, but guess what? He might have been in the same shape that we're in. And Bethesda, can we just all understand that really what this is, what Thanksgiving is all about, this season that we're walking into this week, it's about remembering all of his benefits. That's what thanksgiving is and being truly grateful for them. And as this psalm goes on, David has this conversation with his soul, which if we will let it, could serve as a great guide for how we're going to talk to ourselves this week. And Psalm 103 tells us that we worship the Lord as an act of remembering. Say remembering. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and remember Remember, don't forget all of his benefits. 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 This word benefits, yes, is a word for his works. But if you, if you dig into the word a bit and you find the context of it, it's really more specific than that. It really means his works in your life is what the implication of the word is. Don't forget how God is at work in your life. You know, as I began to ponder this and, and think how, what I wanted to communicate in this, we're a body of believers. We're a community here that God has placed, a place called Bethesda. He's placed us here. and That means that we, we, we worship together. We're, we're, we're again a body of believers. We, we provoke each other to good works and, and to good things. I remember for years, Pastor Des would say, if you would ask him something, he would say something like this. So what is the Lord saying to you? What's the Lord saying to you about that? You know, it would have been easier at times for you to say, Des, why don't you just tell me what the Lord is saying? We always kind of felt that way. He was, no, he would never do that, never. What does the Lord say? To you? And in that same spirit, in that same idea, here's something I think we ought to be saying to each other, something like this. Where have you seen God this week? How have you seen the Lord work in your life This week. Or another way of saying, how is, where is God? Tell me where God is at, where, where is God at work? It doesn't have to be an intimidating thing that you say to someone. And you don't have to, you're not trying to throw them off. You're not trying to be condescending to them in any sort of way. But that's a way that we could provoke each other. Where have you seen the Lord at work in your life this week? Because for most of us, most of us need a reminder. Most of us need a post-it note to go, you know what? I need to pause and stop and, and, and consider that. I need, to, I, need to, I need to be reminded what the benefits are. We, you know, we, we have these devices um, which are supposed to help us with all kinds of things. I'm sure like mine, yours has an alarm clock and reminders and calendars and emails and text messages and all kinds of fun little apps and things that it does. But it serves no purpose at all if I don't remember to use it. I have to use it for, for to get the benefit out of it. It is a benefit if I am intentional about not forgetting to use it. And you and I have to be intentional And to be intentional means we have to have this conversation with our soul to remind ourselves, don't forget all of the ways that God is at work in your life. Right now, in the midst of all this stuff, he is at work in your life. Can I get a yes to that? So here's kind of what I, here's how I picture David doing what he's doing in this psalm, here's, here's what I think he's saying. He said, you know what? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. That, that means everything, from my toes, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And, and, and bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and, 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 and I want to be sure I don't forget any of his benefits. I think he's putting up post-it notes, one of the benefits, because he's the one who forgives all of my iniquities. Is there a hallelujah for that today? And and I, I I and I think not only as I bless the Lord and I I want to be sure I forget not all of His benefits. You know what I can also say today is I'm worshiping Him. He's the one who heals all my diseases. Is there a thanks to God for that today in the house? And I can also say, oh, you know what? He is. The, oh my goodness, this ought to bring a shout from somebody. As I think about the benefits of the Lord, He's the one who has redeemed my life from the pit of destruction. Who's grateful today? When I think about the Lord, when I think about the reason I wanna worship Him and, and extol Him and exalt Him, because He's the one who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. Somebody say hallelujah in the house today. Come on, put your hands together and bless the Lord. Because here's the other side of that. Short of you remembering to acknowledge his benefits and what he's doing in your life, let me me frame it for you this way. Have you ever thought about how your life would be different if Jesus was not in your life? If it had not been for the Lord? (laughs) If it had not, just think for a moment. Think of the last trial that you either went through or are going through. What if the Lord was not giving you new mercies every morning? You know, you awoke this morning to new mercies, and aren't you glad because you used up yesterdays, I'm sure. You woke up to new mercies every morning. Think of what you've gone through and what it would have been like the last time that you've lost a loved one or you've had a very difficult situation. What if the Lord had not been there in the midnight hour when nobody else was there? to comfort you and bring peace to your heart. And the Holy Spirit by the one who dwells within and is our comforter was there had it not been for the Lord. It's easy to let our life get busy and our minds get full. And sometimes we have to have that conversation with our own soul. Because the truth is, without Jesus, where is it? He's the one who redeems my life from the pit of destruction. If I didn't have Jesus in my life, I could be living in the pit of despair. Many of you either have or you are right now facing some form of cancer or heart disease or some other sort of issue i have received texts since this service have started from from a couple of people who are saying pastor pray for me this is what's going on in my body and and, and I, I need prayer i need god's healing And so i pray in the name of jesus for people who are reaching out lord you are the healer you are jehovah Rapha. i pray you will sweep across this congregation of healing in the name of jesus Many of you are facing all kinds of situations. And some of you are even wondering how long you have on, on this earth. You don't know. But I, I, I just feel a, a, an unusual boldness in my own heart and within my own spirit today to remind you that because you have Jesus, you have hope. And you have hope of a bright tomorrow. So what does that hope look like? Hope that he's going to see you through this situation. Whatever it is, because you have Jesus, you have hope. He's not going to leave you in the pit of despair. You don't have to wallow in that because of Jesus and the hope that we have in him. Hope that with God, nothing is impossible. How about that? Hope that he's never going to leave you or forsake you because our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. Some of you need to be affirmed and affixed in that today. You're standing on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. Lift up a hallelujah. If you're suffering with something today in your body, in your mind, in your soul, I remind you today that in Christ Jesus, you have hope. And then one more thing that the psalmist says, he's putting up post-it notes, and he says, "As he, he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Bethesda, the Lord is at work in your life. He's at work in your life. Have a conversation with your soul as you approach this Thanksgiving Day, as you come to it. It's more than just the stuff we eat. I know that's really, really important to us, guys. It's it's more than that. And I know it's a cultural holiday for us, it's a national holiday. I understand all of that, but it is certainly a time for us to be specific and intentional about blessing the Lord and remembering all of his benefits because we are very prone to forget how easily. We forget because when life presses in on us and difficulties make life uh, complicated and challenging, how easily we forget how the Lord has redeemed us. When's the last time that from the depths of your being you said, God, I'm just so glad you saved me. I'm just so glad you saved me. All the other stuff is great. I thank you for your blessing and provision and healing, but I'm glad that you saved me. How easily we forget the power of the cross. What is in the blood of Jesus and what is available to us by the power of the cross and the blood of Jesus, that that same spirit that literally raised Christ from the dead is alive and working within you today, Bethesda. So bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I said, "Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Worship is an act of intentionally remembering but it's something else. Worship is also an act of celebration. Celebrating God's grace and his mercy. Verse six, as we continue our little stroll here. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. The Lord is merciful and gracious. I think I said the Lord is merciful and gracious. And I like this next one. He's slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Oh, but my goodness, look at verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Some of us need to be extremely grateful for that. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens... High above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Bethesda, that is the gospel. That is the gospel. And David is writing these words as a song to his own soul. He's, we see that he wants to intentionally remember and actively celebrate who God is. And notice this description. I just have to bring it up again, which is a description we see all throughout Scripture. It's how God revealed himself to Moses, that the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, Abounding in love, slow to anger that's who he is you know you know how to get to know uh, the character of a person you look at their life, you look at decisions they've made you listen to their stories whereby you 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 get to know how they've lived and what their past is and what their present is and what their hopes are for the future. That's, that's how you get to know a little bit uh, about a person, about the character of a person. It was a few weeks ago that Becky and I had dinner with a very fine couple that we simply wanted to get to know them better. We wanted to know more about them. Something about them had particularly piqued the interest of my wife and had caught my attention as well. And so uh, Becky was one who said, we need to take them to dinner. And we did. Conversation really came very easily. And essentially, after a few, you know, pleasantries of, of, uh, that we got there, we were basically saying, so tell us about you. We want to know something about you. We really have come tonight. We want to hear your story. Tell us about you. We were genuinely interested in them, and as it turned out, incredibly fascinated because their story was was beyond remarkable. It, 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 but it was. we walked away from there saying, Becky and I, to each other, it's one thing to just have been aware of who they were, and that's that's how we were going into that dinner. We just kind of knew who they were and there was some, something there. But it was something completely different to hear their story and embrace who they were, which they allowed us to, to do that, to get to know who they were. Well, I bring that up today because there are many of us who know that the Lord is gracious and compassionate, we're, we're aware of that, that he's slow to anger, rich in love. Maybe you heard that scripture, you've read it before, heard others say it, and we see that all throughout scripture. But here's what I think David is encouraging us to do in this Psalm 103. I think he's prodding us to more greatly understand what worship is. It's not something casual. It's not something happenstance. It's intentional. It's stopping to hear the story of the way God has revealed himself, of taking intentional time to get into this book and hear. God remind you of his grace. Hear that over and over. It's it's not just something that comes into your head and leaves, but uh, of uh, being intentional of reading as we're doing together of how God time and time again, time and time again pursued the nation of Israel even as they were rebelling against him over and over. And yet he said, but I love you. I'm going to be faithful to you, and I will always be with you. That is the character of our God. And as we hear these stories, we start to get to know God more and begin to also lose our misunderstandings about him, which we can pick up along the way. And many people have. Someone was in our home this week and asked Becky and I a question in a particular way. I'm not going to quote it exactly, but essentially what they were asking is that age-old question which so many people wrestle with as they're coming to grips with their faith, and it was this. So, again, it was framed a little differently, but this was basically it. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow bad things happen to innocent people or, or, or children? How could a God of love do that? But when we truly read his story and we let it sink into our soul, and I know many people wrestle with that question, And there are some very good answers to that. But when we let it sink into our soul soul, by reading his story such that we begin to be thankful for who he is, that he has redeemed us from this curse of sin that is still in the world, that we're all still subject to, that is why so many things happen. But the supreme thing, and you've probably heard this before, is that he's given us all uh, uh, our uh, uh, our own will to make the choice for him. But sin still reigns in the world, which is why we still have repercussions from it. But the supreme thing is that we choose him above all because we have looked and seen and tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And when that happens, his benefits become more than simply just attributes to us. Just stuff that you heard about or that you've heard others talk about or things that you just know in your head, but rather we let them, as the music of the song of of remembrance plays, we let them sink into our soul. Things like, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. Because in that statement alone, we see the mercy of God and the grace of God. And notice that David says... That God does not treat us as our sins deserve. And and I just got to say this. If you want the best, most beautiful description of mercy, you have it right there in Psalm 103, verse 10. He does not treat us as our... You didn't get what you deserved. I didn't get what I deserved. Somebody ought to be thankful for that today. But the part that so many people struggle with, as was the case of the person in our home this week, is the fact that God is also a just God. He's a just God. But let me explain to you how you should view just and what just really is. He did not just cancel your sin. He paid for your sin. And there is a huge difference. That is the richness of the forgiveness of God. And you need to let that sink into your soul this week. He didn't just cancel it. He paid for it, that At the cross of Jesus, he paid the penalty that you and I owe because of our sin. And then we read those verses which say, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Some of us have grown up in the church hearing the story of the cross. And what Psalm 103 reminds us is that in order to become worshipers, in order to be in t- and to intentionally bless the Lord in the midst of our lives, there's something that we have to do. We must preach the gospel to ourselves. When we think of preaching, we almost always think of it in terms of preaching to someone else. I have said to you often, I certainly still say it today, when I stand here at this pulpit, I'm preaching first to Dan. I really am. Dan needs to hear this. Dan needs to understand this in, in ways he hasn't before. And so, but here's what I want you to know. Preaching is not only to other people. Preaching is to your own soul. And how many of you know that's needed as well? And David preaches the gospel to his own soul. Because how many times have you or I been discouraged saying, you know what? I believe in the grace and mercy of Jesus and I put my faith in him. Yeah, all of that, I, I believe in him. But the truth is I have messed up. And I have messed up so bad, you wouldn't even believe it. And Pastor Dan, I'm just broken. I'm just completely broken. I'm, I'm still dealing with things I should have conquered years ago. They're still in my life, and I've, I've asked for forgiveness, and it's still there. And what happens is discouragement begins to set in. And with that discouragement thing, you've got someone who loves to be there to help that process. Uh, 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 he, it's, Satan is the accuser of the, bre- of the brethren, but I want to remind you that God is our forgiver. Yes. I said God is our forgiver. Yes. And so you uh, need to, and I'm encouraging you to put on your best preacher voice, whatever that is, your best preacher voice, and remind yourself today that the psalm says this as far as the east is from the west. That's how far he has removed your transgressions from you. And notice that the psalmist uses two opposite directions to say farther than your mind can comprehend. You can't even comprehend how far that is. That's how far your sins are removed. And then he says, as high as the heaven is above the earth. You know how high that is? It's higher than you and I can imagine. We can't even comprehend. That's how great his love is for you. And worship at this Thanksgiving season is allowing these things to sink into our soul, whereby we can remember his benefits, celebrate his character. And there's one more thing. I know that I'm losing time here, and I'm going to finish this quickly. Worship is an anticipation, it's an anticipation of God's greatness, an anticipation of his kingdom. Verse 14 For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. There's something about worship, about remembering, about celebrating, that as we sing to the Lord together, and as we come into this house together, we get our heart and our soul in this attitude of worship. It puts things into perspective, church. It's why worship is so important. If, if you're like me, then you've had the experience where you show up and, and when you didn't feel like it to church and life is busy and details at work or home, it's all in your mind and, and re- relationships may be messy and you show up in the house and you just start to open your mouth to sing the, the song. And at first it might even, you're just doing it by rote and just because everybody else is and then all of a sudden a lyric pierces your heart. Oh my goodness, that's so true. Oh my goodness. Oh Lord, I can certainly say that of you. You've been faithful to me. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And you show up to sing with other people, and 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 that lyric comes in, and all of a sudden, perspective sets in. And then this realization comes over you. This is what the Psalmist is telling us here: that you know what? The things I was putting up as the ultimate are pretty insignificant, and at least in light of eternity and in light of the things of God. And I think that's what David's saying. He's saying, God knows our frame. And he knows that we are but dust. Our mortal lives are here today and gone tomorrow. The wind blows and it's gone and its place remembers it no more. And then he gives us verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Hmm. On those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Here's what worship does. It puts things in perspective when we realize really how insignificant we are. Here today, gone tomorrow. The wind could blow, you know. And so David is reminding his own soul. Soul, you know what? Soul, you're not God. You're here today and gone tomorrow. But guess what? God, he's not like me because the word says from everlasting to everlasting. How long is that? You tell me, how long is that? From everlasting to everlasting, his mercy is on those who fear him. And then he says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven. There is a kingdom that we are privileged to be a part of. If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are part of the kingdom that is forever and it will not perish. All the kingdoms of this earth will pass away. Kings and kingdoms, we sing it, will pass away. All political systems will fade away someday. All political parties will fall short. Yes, that's true. But the kingdom of God, he will reign forever and ever and ever. So what worship does is it anticipates that. It's looking forward, anticipate. It anticipates that Jesus is going to reign over all the earth. And the central reality of what we do here on Sunday morning is based upon the fact that we believe with every fiber of our being that Jesus reigns. Who's with me on that today? And what worship does is it makes us remember that God is at work, that God is good, That God is gracious. He is merciful. And it goes to another point. It anticipates saying, baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's the attitude of a worshiper. We remember, we celebrate, we anticipate. And then notice how the psalm ends. Just give me a couple more minutes if you would please be gracious about that. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Did you see what just happened? Worship just went global. Worship went from having a simple conversation within my own soul to suddenly all the angels, all the earth, all the dominion of God, all praising the Lord together. And here's what I love about worship so much, that you and I were made, created to ascribe worth to God. We were born to worship him. We were made to make God the ultimate delight of our lives. And the scriptures tell us this, that if we don't do it, then the very rocks are going to cry out and give praise to him. And in Bethesda, that's always had a unique meaning because if you looked at these walls, well, that's rocks on that walls. Whatever ones are left that all the kids haven't put in their pockets over the years and taken home. Stephen, I saw there's a few in your pockets over the years. So there's a few holes on there. It's because kids have, I don't wanna give anybody any ideas, okay. So it's always been interesting to me when any time that verse came up, if we don't praise the Lord, the rocks are gonna cry out. But I don't know about you but I want to be the one who's giving my own praise to the Lord. I don't need the rocks to cry out for me. <laughs> Worship is an invitation to be part of something that is way bigger than yourself. You have to get out of yourself and realize that you had the opportunity. It's an invitation to be a part of what God is doing and i'm here this morning to say thanksgiving is the perfect time to continue to worship to be a worshiper or maybe even to begin to be a worshiper and then what david does is so beautiful at the end it's a little bit artsy i I get that he starts the conversation with bless the lord oh my soul and, and, and and it's a conversation to his own soul it's intimate it's one person and then as he goes on through it, as we've done today, it expands and explodes bit by bit to the, to the point of all creation and the entire dominion of God. And so when you read it and you really grasp the rhythm of the psalm, you see him having this euphoric experience. It's almost as if as if he does that and he goes to this place of the heavenlies with his worship, and then he, he releases all of that. I can almost see him going, <sighs> taking a deep breath, calming himself down after he's been in the heavenlies with his worship, expanded and expanded his heart and his mind with all of it. It's like he takes a deep breath and he calms it down and then he ends it by saying, and so, since all that's true and God is all of that, all that we've mentioned, then all I can say is, I come back and I say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. But as I think David has led us in worship this morning, and I think he has prepared us for thanksgiving because he's helped us to remember God's benefits, helped us to celebrate his character, and to anticipate his kingdom. Would you stand with me in the presence of the Lord today? Let's sing, Pastor Brent.